with over 12 years in the technology sector mr gautam nimagadda is the founder and ceo of pixi which is a no code digital transformation platform in his role as a dynamic entrepreneur gautam captains leadership customer engagement strategizing solutions and strong business acumen while building a world class team at pixi his expertise lies in product ideation product building process optimization to name a few Gautam holds a master's degree in computer science from the University of Iowa United States and a bachelor of engineering in computer science from the renowned CBIT which stands for Chaitanya Bharati Institute of Technology affiliated to Usman University in Hyderabad when away from work Gautam is a curious reader and loves dreaming or imagining new possibilities he is also a former numismatist so in today's episode let us learn more about Gautam's journey in establishing a company Pixie and also get his insights on low code no code platform hello hi there welcome to the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this podcast is to help professional students it employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers in case if you have tuned into our podcast for the first time you have missed a lot of stuff but don't worry all our previous episodes are available on your favorite podcast listening platforms including spotify gona.com castors amazon music and so on also we are available on youtube just search for the guiding voice and start tuning in also if you have not rated our podcast on apple please provide your rating and also request you to leave a positive review because every rating and review will motivate us to bring in more and more useful content to you So this is your host Navin Samala and I have about 18 years of rich and diverse experience in the IT industry. In every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. Also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end so stay tuned till then. You will acquire more knowledge per every minute. on tgv than any other podcast in this space thank you so much for tuning in so folks today we are going to discuss a topic low code no code and we are pleased to have gautam part of tgv's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe gautam welcome to tgv thank you navin it's a pleasure speaking with you and uh, thank you for having me on the show absolutely it's wonderful to have this conversation today gautam gautam we will get started with the your career journey and top 3 things that have helped you in terms of setting up your own enterprise quicksy thanks for that uh, background that you've given about me so i did my bachelor's in india then i did my masters in us post my masters um, i joined a company called asner which is a leader in uh, healthcare so i had an interesting uh, opportunity there where i worked in a team that was a startup yet acquired by sunner but they still operated kind of independently and there it was a wonderful experience where i learned how to work in a organizational setup and uh, uh, i had a great uh, manager and from him i learned the power of teamwork and what leadership can actually do and inspire teams to achieve way more than what they can or what they believe they can do so that's something that i uh, really learned from sunner and uh, in uh, 2011 i returned back to india and so i joined a company called naviga engineering which is a infrastructure major in in india it's one of the premier infrastructure companies in in, in the country so 
you know, this sudden switch from being a software engineer to, you know, an infrastructure company. So I made this career decision to kind of move away from being a purely a technical uh, uh, person and um, get into uh, more of a management aspect, understand business better. And that's what, that's exactly what I learned at Naviga Engineering. So it's, it's a, a pretty large company, uh, nearly a billion dollars in revenue in India. So that's, that's pretty large and employing tens of thousands of people. So there I've learned, I wore various hats ranging from implementing an ERP to um, changing the way the supply chain, uh, the procurement process works in Naviga Engineering, working with uh, suppliers from China, working with uh, the finance team to create presentations and then presenting them to banks for our future projects, creating uh, project management uh, processes in a wide variety of things. So I learned a whole lot of things in understanding what it takes to run a large business. I got the macro picture. What are the various aspects in a business and what uh, you know? how do they run? Then eventually I switched to uh, Naviga Infotech in uh, 2013. So I, I put my hand up and said that, you know, hey, I want to uh, take a shot at it and see if I can you know, take the company to the next level. So there, you know, though the company was established for, for a while but until then, so I took it up as a you know kind of a fresh slate uh, assignment. And uh, there I learned the science of unit economics. I've learned uh, team building and I learned the art of uh, negotiating and then strategizing and tactics. In business. So all of these experiences put together over the last 12, 13 years, have really helped me in kind of shaping my thought process, fine-tuning my ideas, which eventually ended up in, in doing what I'm doing now. You had a very interesting career journey, Gautam. Switching from IT to infrastructure and again back to IT. So some of the aspects which overlap with my journey as a project manager, as well as establishing some uh, process governance, as well as uh, working on creating a framework around project management. Those are all very interesting. And in addition to that, a few things that stuck my mind is about having a great leader because that is very important. And someone has inspired you and you are still speaking about him after his, about 11 years, right? So which is really motivating. And in addition to that, uh, you also touched upon the aspect of uh, teamwork, yeah, which is very essential. And as you are Building your own team at Pixie, I'm sure and you're applying all those learnings from the past. So very interesting. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. Now let's talk about the core of today's topic. We are in the generation of these Pythons, Golang, JavaScript, as well as React.js, AngularJS and all. But you have come up with a new concept called the low-code, no-code platform. What is this low-code, no-code platform all about? You know, just a, a little bit of uh, context before I get into what low-code, no-code is. No, you know, a little bit of a disclaimer. The no-code or low-code is not here to eliminate anything, but it is here to complement and augment what is already existing. So with that disclaimer and context, so the idea is, you know, to allow business users or uh, people who understand the problem better, but not necessarily have the technical skills to be able to build the solutions that they want kind of stifling the world, right? So there is a statistic that, you know, the requirement for the business world over the next uh, four years is 500 million apps, 500 million. And the capacity available uh, to build apps would be 50 million. 
So what happens to this 450 million apps, right? So there's no capacity which will cause you know slower progress, and that's exactly what we are trying to address, right? So the low code, no code uh, movement, or you know, no code movement as it's popularly called now, it's addressing this specific uh, issue where there is a whole lot of demand, but there's not enough capacity. We will not be able to create so many software engineers and technical capability to kind of become ten times what what the capacity is. So in, uh, instead, we've innovated and come up with these new methods to build software where we are allowing people who do not have the technical capabilities to build software that they want. Yeah, this is quite fascinating. So you touched upon the demand as well as the supply or the capacity part of it. And uh, definitely having a platform which requires minimal or no coding might come handy. Can we talk a little bit about the background or the evolution of low-code platform and the reason why it is existing other than the demand capacity thing that you have already covered up? Yeah, so the second thing uh, comes from uh, you know something that I've experienced as well. And a lot of people in you know, the world have experienced it. So the people on the business side, they know what the problem is and they're the ones who are closest to the problem. They understand the domain um, at best. And however, when um, you know they're trying to solve this problem with the digital solution, they have to convey this problem to uh, somebody in the, you know, the digital teams, right? The IT teams, the software engineering teams. Now, these people try to uh, understand what the business uh, needs and then try to translate that into a document and that document gets passed on to the software engineering team who translate that into code and then uh, which becomes software something tangible which is tested by another team who use you know a whole set of documents to understand okay this is the requirement and they will test whether it is meeting the uh, requirements so in all of this process of the knowledge being traversed from one team to another, and while uh, the domain expertise uh, remains on one side of it, the whole technical team tries to figure out a solution for them, the knowledge is lost. Not all, but uh, a reasonable chunk of knowledge is lost in translation. And the people who are solving the problem do not feel the problem. They probably know the problem, but they do not fully feel the problem. So the nitty gritties or, or the smaller, finer aspects of it, which bring complete aspect to a solution are lost. So this is on from the domain expert side of it. Now, if you look at it from the IT team perspective, right? So though the uh, uh, I'm, I've, I said that the requirements are lost, knowledge is lost, etc. None of it is lost by intention. The IT teams try very, very hard to provide you know the best of possible solutions to their customers. And at the end of the day, when they go back with that, uh, you know, wonderful solution that they think that they've built it, you know, in an awesome way, the customer says that, hey, this is not what I want. And, you know, the hearts are broken for so many people. So on both sides now, it's it's simply because, you know, everybody's trying very hard. It's just not happening because of this, you know, barriers that you may say. So what, what has happened over a period of time is if we are able to bring the capability to build solutions to business users and somehow involve these business users in the process of building the solutions, then the quality will be much, much higher, um, both in terms of non-loss of uh, requirements and also in understanding the nuances. And therefore, the the solution will be complete and will will be of much higher quality. So that's how, you know, low-code, no-code has picked up momentum and it has picked up momentum quite a bit over the last two years now. So Gautam, uh, one thing that resonates with me for the last one and a half years, right? 
everyone understood the intent of getting digitalized and uh, trying to understand the importance of creating the products okay that are easily accessible to the users and all and that's what the experts call it the line between the cxos uh, when i say cxos the cfos versus the cios and cdos has been blurred which means earlier always it was seen as a back end or a kind of function which is an enabler but now it has got a seat in the round table in the boardrooms and all right so definitely this seems to be very interesting platform because business users are now empowered uh, to develop these solutions and since they have that particular acumen and the domain knowledge and definitely the turnaround time will also be shorter and uh, i think it's a, a good field to choose and to be on now let's switch topics and talk about the coding aspect with this low code and no code platforms coming into picture what do you think will be the future of coding and i think in the beginning you mentioned it is going to complement the coding but i'm really curious what will be the future of coding so the people who know coding and the people uh, who uh, are are more technical in nature will start to build more and more complex solutions more specialized solutions rather than working on simpler applications so the uh, ability to build complex solutions and therefore the evolution of uh, coding and programming languages will be much faster and will be much more advanced so this is what i believe will happen because we are taking the load off on uh, these coding languages to build simpler or what can be achieved through no code platforms coding will be reserved for advanced and complex and there will not be any elimination of coding coding will exist and it has to exist for for us to achieve more and more and that's exactly what i meant when i said that no code platforms low code platforms will complement coding and will complement uh, what the uh, technology space is doing from a coding and a programming language point of view yeah i think i agree with your statement because uh, if you look at the history of this business process management softwares the so called bpm tools and all they have a lot of automation but that did not take away the coders job yeah i think it resonates with it and uh, i was going through your profile uh, gautam and i came across this interesting headline which says on a mission to create a million citizen developers so what motivated you to get there you know i've i've had this experience of see i was on the navega infotech side and we used to you know put our uh, heart and soul into these projects to deliver the best possible solution to the customer and when we go to the customers right i think that first one month when we go back to the solution is like heartbreaking because we think that we've we've built an a fantastic solution but it's never we've never managed to um, actually delight the customer on the first go right so we managed to you know you build solution then eventually you reach okay this is out of scope blah 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 and it you know there's a lot of back and forth and eventually you reach to an agreement and you know it moves forward maybe we'll see customer delight after usage of the solution so uh, this is something that really bothered me like immensely i believed that we were in the business of customer delight unfortunately we were not able to hit that objective uh, often enough so one of the reasons i saw was this gap and so i felt that if we are able to allow these business users who are in millions and millions across the world so just a quick fact that uh, in the working population less than half percent are programmers so there are 99 point something percent of non programmers who who are working right so and uh, if we are able to enable 
even a small fraction of them, even like four or five percent of them to uh, create solutions, then we will be able to change the world dramatically and drastically. So that's that's the main motivation for me to go on this mission to create a million uh, citizen developers. Sure, all the very best. I think it's a very noble intent. And especially this pandemic would have definitely fast forwarded that particular mission because everybody is now tech savvy and is, is, is at least ready to get their hands dirty. And with the platforms like Pixie, I'm sure it is going to help them a lot. Now, let's talk briefly about your company, Pixie. So what, what are you guys building as a platform and how it is helping the businesses achieve their outcomes? So Quixi is a, is a no-code platform focused towards businesses. We allow businesses to accelerate their digital transformation. So through the power of no-code. So we've, I'll give you a few examples of uh, what some of our customers have done. So we have uh, customers who build their entire manufacturing, pre-planning, uh, production planning, then uh, production management, production uh, the product dispatch management, inventory management, procurement, you know, the whole gamut and then we've had uh, some of our customers who've built a container freight uh, solution which uh, basically is like in importing and exporting of shipping containers and then uh, processing them and then we have we've had customers who built uh, for healthcare and uh, or the pharma industry for manufacturing uh, pharmaceutical products and products and some of them um, manufacturing APIs. So these wide variety of use cases, right? So construction, logistics, hospitality, banking. So we've had customers of this wide variety of uh, industry, I think 17 industries across 20 countries in the world. And they're building this wide variety of solutions that are for solving their unique problems. So Quixi as a platform, we are enabling all of these businesses to build the solutions exactly the way they want at at 10 times the speed and at, at a much, much lower cost. So, and now they're able to uh, have a platform that is digitally agile. So they've built something. Now, if they want to make a change, that change happens in like a few minutes or, or hours at best. Unlike the earlier days where it used to take weeks or months or something like that. So now the technology is agile and is allowing them to, for their businesses also to be agile. So that's the whole uh, new gamut and the new value that we're bringing to the table. Looks like you have covered almost every domain or industry, be it from the container management, talking about supply chain, procurement, manufacturing, construction, logistics, and all. That seems to be a gamut of industries, and you have also spanned across different countries. And I'm sure the future seems to be very bright and wish you all the very best. And the most exciting part is the time to develop these particular solutions, right? It has shrunk. And uh, at the same time, the cost has also come down. So thank you for sharing the details about Pixie. And uh, Gautam, this has been a fantastic conversation, but let's add some spice to the episode, wherein I'm going to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions. And in case if you are ready, we'll get started. I'll try my best. <laughs> Wonderful. So all you need to do is just uh, answer them very briefly, uh, two to three words or preferably one phrase. And with that, let me fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire. So Gautam, can you name a movie that inspired you? Uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, in fact, uh, I watched it very recently. I was uh, really super thrilled. <laughs> it's been on my uh, wish list for the last uh, few years. But fortunately, one of my friends has reminded me, go and watch this. I really became a fan of that particular movie. All right, let me move on to my next one. Speed or perfection? Speed. All right, bang on. Moving on to my next question. 
given a chance would you time travel to past or future and why um i would travel to past when i believe it's not possible to travel to future it's kind of mess up my whole life so uh, i'll travel to past and I, the interesting aspect would be you know we read about so much stuff that's happened in our past and we try to learn right so instead of learning from the books i would try and go to these various uh, interesting periods in the past and learn directly in experience i think that would be wonderful oh. <laughs> you seem to be a history buff all right so moving on to my next question out of the rapid fire gautam what has been a question on your mind for which you never got an answer for is there life outside earth is time travel possible <laughs> uh, yeah maybe we'll get uh, answers in the next uh, decade or two hopefully all right yeah that was brilliant moving on to the last one for the rapid fire so what would you do if you won a billion dollar lottery okay um if i if i won so much money uh, in a lottery i would spend all of that money on r and d for uh, water optimization and utilization and uh, also on you know bringing in uh, how do we live in a balanced ecosystem right research r and d on uh, living in a balanced ecosystem if if i if i would get that money i would spend every cent on it wonderful i think this is in line with sudhakar's aspiration unfortunately he is not joined today but uh, during during our very first conversation he was talking about this water vision and he came up with a visualization in terms of how can we tap the water near the mountain and all mm-hmm. definitely yeah that's a wonderful cause and this has been a fantastic rapid fire and with that let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for today's conversation So Gautam what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers Um I would say first dream big don't dream something small dream big believe that you can do something very big and uh, don't get bogged down when you have on the path of your uh, goal when you have failures or when you have roadblocks those are the challenges that you are supposed to overcome which is what the whole point of dreaming big and you know that that journey so it is very very important to uh, persist that's something that is very very required in my opinion over the next uh, 10 years or so though i said speed in the earlier rapid fire question right speed is important but so is persistence persist and it is it is one of the key elements for success simply amazing that was a fabulous set of tips first thing is dream big believe in yourself because if you won't believe yourself nobody else can believe you and don't get bogged down when you come across failures because definitely failures will teach us a lot of how not to do certain things so challenges will be part and parcel of our life and lastly you touched upon this persistence persistence nothing can beat persistence that that's what i can say so gautam thank you for the amazing rapid fire and also i loved every bit of this interaction and uh, thank you so much for joining us today it was a wonderful topic to talk about no code low code platform and i also wish you all the very best on the quickzi platform and i wish you reach your mission of uh, reaching millions of people who can use this kind of platforms and start delivering the solutions in very very least possible time and come up with a cost effective solutions thanks again Thank you so much Navin on for having me on the show it was a pleasure speaking with you pleasure hosting you as well all right so before we move into the trivia section here is a request to all the listeners if you have loved this episode and found it useful request you to share with at least 3 of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from this show the more you share the wider we reach and we'll get closer to our mission of 
reaching millions across the globe. Thank you so much in advance. All right. With that, let's flip to the trivia segment of today's episode. And in today's episode, we got Gautam's insights on low-code, no-code platform. But my trivia question is about the most popular programming language. If you observe the technology world, every year, tons of languages that gets released. But how many of them survive and how many of them make the cut? So my question is, what is the most popular programming language in the recent time? I know you're thinking, but let me tell you the answer. According to Stack Overflow, which is one of the major platform that supports the developer community, they did a survey in 2020 and found out that JavaScript stands as the most commonly used language in the world with about 69.7% of the developers using it, followed by HTML and CSS, which is popular among 62.4% of developers, followed by SQL which is again a kind of bread and butter for the databases, the structured query language, followed by Python and Java. Also, it is the most sought out programming language by the hiring manager in the Americas. So go ahead and start learning JavaScript. There are so many different variants that are getting released in the market to cater to different business solutions. So wish you all the best. Thank you so much for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye-bye. And we are signing off for today. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest.